0: So welcome to another edition of the Austin Business Podcast. I'm your host, Gus Cavanaugh. Joined today from uh, on location at CrossFit South Lamar, here with the owner, Dave Apple. Dave, thanks so much for being here. First question, as always, what, what exactly do you do? Everything. <laughs> uh, clean the toilets,
1: program the workouts, shake hands, uh, being the, the owner of a small business, I think no matter what it is, is you are learning a lot of different angles and perspectives of things
0: that you had no idea that you were going to be doing. That makes sense. So, that uh, makes sense. And this will be our second or second po- uh, published CrossFit uh, interview, but just for, for a quick background for new listeners, what, what exactly is CrossFit? CrossFit is... Tough question.
1: Yeah, because there's the canned functional movement across very time and modalities. It's really, I, to me, how we have taken CrossFit and how we use CrossFit across the South of It's social exercise. Huh. It's an opportunity for you to come in, exercise, and meet 10 to 15 people every time that you do.
0: I like that. You know, I um, that resonates on a couple different levels. So, social exercise. Interesting. I. You know the gym can be the standard box and box gym the standard like <laughs> traditional gym thing like golds can be kind of solitary right you might make some friends along the way but for the most part you kind of come in you come out but so from your perspective like how, how does that work you're saying come here you're going to meet 10 or 15 new people or 10 or 15 regular people do you do members typically work out at the same time do they mix it up how does that work
1: most do um, we don't really lock you into a specific time so people bounce around more when it becomes holidays or this or that. But people are pretty consistent, which ties back to that social piece. Mm. Like, hey, man, I enjoyed the conversation I had with Gus the other day before the workout. So now you, we've started to talk. Right. And then you're like, well, hey, man, where, where were you the other yeah, day? Yeah, yeah. That was great. Miss- now so you haven't been here for a
0: week. That sounds like then on on one hand, maybe it gives you a, a ton of customer loyalty. But on the other, does it make growth harder because if all of a sudden I can't get a spot at my favorite six o'clock class with with Tim and with with Joan and with with Stevie then now I'm upset and I I, you know can it get too crowded does that become a problem
1: yes and no fortunately we've been able to expand Mm -hmm. we've been able to grow the size of our business the the bandwidth we started with 2,500 square feet then went to 3,500 square feet and now we're at 5,500 square feet. Okay. So every time it got to where it was like, I really like Gus, but I need some room to get, get off me, we were able to knock a wall down. Wow, um, you, so, have you been
0: physically here the whole time? Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah, sure. we started with just two of the garage doors. I mean, it's hard to visualize when we're talking about it, but we're in a garage with four garage doors. We started with two, there were walls on each side. Gotcha. Took down that wall after the first year and a half, and then took
0: down another wall after the second year. Were there other... Are you renting this property?
1: Right now, yes. Are
0: there, Were there other tenants in these uh, spaces? There was one. It How? was a machine shop,
1: Interesting. fortunately. Wow. So they made as much noise as we did, so there was no, <laughs> no issue with what well, we were doing.
0: So two questions. One, did they make any special workout equipment for you?
1: No, they were super interesting. They actually made the scissors that are used... In lap band surgeries, wow. so these microscopic okay. scissors that went in that were you put into your veins. Jeez. So uh, it was a very interesting the, bridge. Like they're providing another way for people
0: to lose weight, or right? <laughs> just a totally different aspect of it. <laughs> That's wild. Okay, but they weren't like I, I was envisioning. And not that I know anything about machining, but somebody you know welding and maybe hammering some iron or something. But okay, how did you get the? How did they get out of here? That they decide to leave on their own. What was the? They were part of a bigger company. The uh-huh. other company moved, conglomerated kind of everybody into a larger space. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, maybe if you're out there thinking about starting a, a CrossFit gym or a CrossFit box, then, I'm thinking about where you can ex- you could scale your storage space to you know <laughs> make, make seems like a good
1: move. Definitely. Yeah. When we moved in the vision was already there yeah it was just like it was a matter of timing
0: so what was the thought process when you started this uh when you started this business where were you kind of physically where were you mentally what were you thinking when you got started i owned a cycling training business
1: and through that started to get burned out myself from being on the bike every single day got into crossfit really I had created the cycling business with a buddy of mine for the same reasons that i enjoyed crossfit cycling was super niche and kind of this it's very am i wearing the right clothes am i doing mm. this so we created this cycling business with the the goal of making cycling fun for anybody wow and through that we had three and a half years or four years almost of an awesome ride doing it we opened up a spot in Florida and in Colorado and you know we really rolled with this this concept you rolled with it excellent pun. (laughs) and uh wanted to do the same thing with CrossFit because as I got into it I was like really just drinking the proverbial Kool-Aid of CrossFit and it wasn't so much about it was definitely being challenged I've been an athlete my whole life and to walk in to do something and you're like oh no problem and then all of a sudden
0: It's a problem. It's a problem. (laughs) But
1: then every time I was there, you're interacting, engaging with people. Yeah. Where do you get that? That's a good point. I worked out before I had the cycling business, like we were talking about previously, too. I had a sales job worked from home, which I thought was gonna be amazing, right. until I was at home by myself all the time, <laughs> yeah. and really searching for like, where do I go
0: meet people? So CrossFit right. was the catalyst for that, a lot of growth. That, that makes sense, so uh, a couple things I gotta ask, how do you have a cycling business? Were you selling bikes or accessories? I mean, what? what how did that work? We took, so
1: cycling, we like Lance Armstrong type cycling. Okay. Um, we took a group training mentality and methodology about it. So I created courses, short courses, in different parts of town, and groups of people would show up. And they would, it'd be one day we would train hills and then speed, heart rate. So we used different modalities in our training and just completely blew the doors off like, hey, go ride for 100 miles and send me right. your data. I was right there watching the rider to see what their technique was. And these were people that were recreational riders, but you still want to go faster.
0: Right, absolutely. And you want
1: to be comfortable. You want to show up to a ride and feel like you have the right gear and you can do this and this and this. So we created that. Wow. We took a very intimidating sport, which I think cycling is. You don't roll around in spandex very often in a group and just kind of try to knock the, the walls off and say, hey,
0: this is really for everybody. I love that. I think so. I know I want to talk more about the CrossFit, but so when you say, like, okay, one, a course is a physical course, or is it both like an actual, you know, oh, here's a training guide? And you said you both. Interesting. Both. Because, you know, on some level, it's like something you, on, okay, someone getting on a bike, in theory, is something that we all did as kids, and it's as easy as riding a bike, and et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, the actual competitive cycling is very difficult, and it sounds like you have a, a high-end clientele. I mean, the bikes are very expensive, right? Mm-hmm. People who are interested in this are willing to spend money. At the same time, they, they prob- it probably means I bet you have more of a professional slash people who are interested in making progress, they start banging their head against the wall, not making progress, having trouble getting out on rides, not sure how to, how to uh, create their workouts. So then you, you knock those walls down, as you said, and you've got a business. How many, roughly, how many clients did you have?
1: Um, we had about 40 to 50 regulars. Wow. We probably went through three to 400 people in that time, which it was totally seasonal too, you know. So we would stop every October, start up depending on what the spring looked like. Interesting. And and it, we this had was a lo- here in Austin? This was in Austin, yeah. Oh. We had a local bike shop that sponsored us. So we had all the gear, and it just was a really symbiotic relationship because we right. were teaching people the why, right. which at times, the, the bike shop, it's hard for them to do that. So we would send people in there, and they'd just be like, uh, I need this tire, right. and I need this and this and this, and they would walk in and buy all the accessories, which was, in as far as they were concerned, it was the biggest Bang for the buck that they were selling right so they were making the most off of accessories
0: so when you did this partnership did they was it a monthly fee they paid you did you get a commission of sales uh how did that work through the with the partnership with the bike shop yeah it was
1: really they give they gave us equipment so we had bikes shoes all of the stuff that you needed like you were saying too you know cycling was expensive but we had we would just hand pick whatever we wanted to ride for that season so it was really amazing great opportunity and they took a risk, right?
0: but it really paid off. You know, this is so insightful. Like this is, a, we were talking earlier, exactly why I do this podcast, because so how many other businesses can you think of where the, the, you, one might think, okay, I sold you a bicycle on bike shop, I sold you a jersey, Maybe you come back in six months because you want something else, or maybe you come back in two weeks, but if you don't ever ride your bike, if you just let it sit and collect dust, you aren't buying anything from me ever again, and you may even have a bad experience and not at least you're not, you're not promoting my business. But if I work with somebody else, if I kind of vertically integrate and say, hey, I want you to be really successful with what you actually want to do, which was not purchase a bicycle, but ride the thing and like get faster, yep. then all of a sudden now I've got a customer who's gonna be coming back all the time, who's gonna really love my, my my product and or service, that's that makes a lot of sense. Maybe along those lines then, does that do you saw that same philosophy here with the CrossFit box?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. The the day that we opened this, we, it was the same philosophy behind it. Mm. People are terrified of fitness.
0: Yeah. That's true. And at
1: that time too, this we're four and a half years ago. We're at the height of CrossFit the fails, that everybody's injured at CrossFit, Uh, it's everybody, you, you have to only do this if you're CrossFit, so it was very black and white, there were the crazy cult people that did it, or then the people that stayed so far away from it, I realized in, in a very quick and short amount of time, that for one, it definitely produced results, Mm. and it is exactly the same as it was for that cycling gotcha this is not come in here and just go to work you have to have you have to be engaged you have to be ready to learn it's all about progress what no matter what level you are at and from day one that's really the philosophy that we had and we've held on to this point i want people in here and always have that are committed to being okay with being scared because they know that the professionalism of this facility has their best interest in mind interesting
0: so there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there and I, I almost i have to start with the more shallow question which is do you are you able to bring in or partner with somebody like i'm i don't know uh supplement manufacturer or somebody who sells i wish i knew more about health and nutrition but you know something like that along the lines so that you can say hey listen you as the end the end, I have your customer in here and I'm helping them actually succeed with your product. In addition, you know, is there, is, are there any relationships like that?
1: Yes Thinking and about no. the bike shop, you know? Yes and no. You know, the great thing about the bike shop was that we could just send them there. Mm. We provided the information enough to get them interested to go buy. Gotcha. I, we struggle with this and I think it's a lot of CrossFits do. Yeah. It's a small business. Right. To run a store you need somebody that has a vision on how to to run the store right. how to sell all the time and be so we try we sell mm-hmm. a couple things um, but it's also to really do it right i think you need a lot of variety mm-hmm. um, there's there isn't one right supplement gotcha so i've never really preached this is it right and i don't
0: would never really want to do that that makes sense. I mean, it's not the same as the bike. Listen, if you're riding the bicycle, you're gonna need some core equipment. As a, as a, as a gym, you provide a lot of that core equipment. The accessories are by, defi- by definition. Accessories, right, I can understand how it's, there isn't like a default, oh, this is the CrossFit store you should go to to get all of these things that you need to be successful in CrossFit. Well, you come here and you have most of them. Yes. Okay, that makes sense, so maybe I'll, I'll, I'll jump off of that. I want to get back to what you said, though, about um, being afraid, being okay with being afraid, right? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting idea. I mean, to what extent do you think, because I mean, I think maybe the, the my, my mind, maybe other people's minds, is they'd say, okay, CrossFit, I, yeah, I remember that movie 300 and it got popular and yeah, I want to have a six pack and like work out hard, but then we're talking and it's, social fitness right this is a chance to to meet new people and become engaged in the community and then being okay with being afraid which sounds to me like even more primal like hey I, maybe i sit in a cubicle i work from home all day i sit in traffic i watch netflix like you know this most scared i get is when game of thrones comes on you know like what <laughs> now is there something is that tell me can you just tell me more about that i'm curious um sorry for the very long-winded and poorly no question. i think it's a really good <laughs> question
1: and it it makes me think about it a little bit more than what it normally does because I usually really, spout it all the time. We live in a society that's full of containers. Mm. People live in a container. Their, their routine is so ingrained in what they do. So it's the fear of walking into a facility like this is not the fear of, oh, I can't do it. It's the fear of the ego. Mm whether you're an athlete and have been, there's a fear because you want to come in and be the best, right. even though you've never done an overhead squat, you still in the back of your head, like, I'm here to kick ass, so if I don't, how do I check that against myself? And if I've never exercised, well, everybody's gonna be looking at me. Right. And I'm, it's really interesting, you know, that we're talking about this. I'm watching this new documentary on HBO about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Levine. it's how this producer these two producers essentially have created they're a multi-billion dollar industry between these two guys and jimmy levine who's produced records from you name it you know everybody everybody in the music industry said he got fired from this this job and he was so upset and all this and then he realized that he was like man You know, he's like, everybody's going to be talking about it. I got fired. And then he got fired. And the next day he's like, then I realize that nobody really gives a shit (laughs) about everybody's already. They're worrying about themselves. Right. And that we think that our lives are being viewed by so many people. It that really just pulled the curtain back. It's like nobody. Nobody's looking at
0: you at you,
1: even though we think that they are and they're judging us. I think most people live in that so deeply themselves, man, that the barrier of entry is not what happens in here. It's what
0: happens in your head. Interesting. I mean, that that makes so much sense. I mean, on some level, if we're all, if everyone's as self-absorbed as we are, then we know that we're not judging people because we're too busy thinking about ourselves. (laughs) So I didn't even notice that guy who walked by. How could I have judged him? Uh, And, you know, similarly, we've heard, I know there are a lot of popular books now bringing about kind of going back to stoic philosophy and trying to make it modernize it a little bit. Um, I think one that I just read, I was not super pleased with, but it was called like the uh, the art of not giving a fuck or something, and uh, yeah. it, it was interesting. It was the hook, w- the beginning was fun. If anyone's out there, but you know, I think you probably be better off just reading the summary and you got the idea. Um, that, neither here nor there. I uh, I want to ask now. So you're four and a half years into to owning the CrossFit box, and what are you know wh- where do you want this to go? What's kind of like a long-term time horizon for you? What what a uh, where do you see yourself on that, whatever you consider long-term? I, I, I want to be
1: here in 25, 30 years providing fitness, wellness, friendships, all of the, the things that this does. It, the health and fitness side of it, is just, it to me, is the smallest piece. Mm. Um, it's the relationships that people are building with inside here that is way more powerful than the fitness side
0: maybe a bit more granular, like, let's say five years from now, do you want to have just this location? No. Oh, yeah, what is that? (laughs)
1: Um, CrossFit's great, and there's an evolution to it, and we're really in that kind of an evolutionary period. When things, when the waters are calm for me is when I'm usually the most tumultuous, Mm. so it's like, I'm really always looking for what's out there, and who's doing what. I think that what we're Yes, we definitely want more facilities. That requires to having the professionalism of the coaches that we really desire, which is we are really working on creating the processes to bring people up, hmm. but also it, I wanna have a, a space that blends that traditional style gym with this functional style gym, because the two go hand in hand. You know, one isn't better than the other. But the two blended together really provides our people an opportunity that you you're not going to get anywhere else.
0: All right, I love that. So I think there are three things I'm, I'm trying to ask you about each of them. I miss something. Stop me. So you said there's an, this is an evolutionary period in CrossFit. Did I get that right? What is I think the so. sport as a whole? What do yeah, you What do you Can you walk me through a little bit of that timeline? What do you How do you see it? How do you see the history? How do you Where do you see it headed? It's It's
1: old enough now that it's not as that. Everybody isn't talking about CrossFit like they were Mm -hmm. or that they used to, which is fine. Right. I think business owners, CrossFit box owners are starting to realize that what worked in the past might need a little bit of a massage Mm. to continue to be as successful as you may have been in the past. And then thirdly, I don't want to wait to see what the trend is. (laughs) I want to take... I mean, like I said earlier, I've been in this industry for over 20 years, and I've seen super, super successful fitness businesses with every modality. Yeah. You know, multi-million dollar boot camp businesses and this and that. So I want to I take what I've seen and what I feel could be, and at least go for it. Because if I fall and we don't have success with it, it's okay. At least we know which way to turn after we failed one way.
0: Okay. Now is that, the go for it is this, the, or is the vision a combination, as you said, of functional CrossFit style training plus a traditional gym? How, what is the, what's the vision?
1: Yeah, with blending machines, having isolated Nautilus style machines in a gym, we deal with, so if we, if we step back and I yeah. can kind of give a bigger picture of what it, how I see it in a way. If most people walk in off the streets CrossFit does a lot of overhead, upper body, shoulder. Mo- you need a lot of shoulder mobility.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No matter where you're at in your fitness career coming into this environment, most people don't have it. Even if you come into it fit, you're not doing a lot of overhead stuff. Right. So there's a limitation on what I can put in your hand or what I can put in your hands and say, hey, I need you to go overhead. But if I'm able to put in these tools that are now, hey, Gus, when you get here early, I want you to go and do five sets of this movement. I want to get you strong right. here, but I can't. We need to be isolated. Mm. And, and it's like taking the two and really making them work together because we know they work individually, but nobody so far in, is doing it in conjunction like this.
0: I love it. So as I'm thinking about it, it would almost be like, hey, listen, we're, maybe one might call... I, and dare I say not bodybuilding training but let's say uh, a series of assistance exercises that could either be pre-workout or post-workout then those would be the ex- you would say listen we're going to bring that in house instead of having somebody with I don't know a, couple, a set of dumbbells at home working through some basic strengthening movements for like for example for the shoulders which as we're all hunched over at keyboards all day we all have really crappy uh, shoulder mobility. Yeah
1: and uh, you're right on bodybuilding <laughs> There's bodybuilding's a great thing yeah. It just depends on the scope of where you're taking
0: it. Just like everything that we do, there's extremes in all of it. I love it. I love it. You know, and that, and this may be like too like, meat-heady, but um, I remember when the, the Louis Simmons was becoming popular, at least more West of like Westside. West yeah, well-known back in the 2000s, and uh, he, he had the the dynamic effort, the max effort, and then there was like the repetition effort accessory exercises that we're like doing rows and things and again apologies for the meat headedness but like it was like oh that looks like what you might read in a flex magazine or something minus doing it like 50 times a day and all that nonsense but I mean like it was like oh it was a kind of a bodybuilding movement that maybe a powerlifting I don't know ethos would not have espoused previously mm-hmm. but it became somewhat new because it was combined with all of these more innovative techniques on the on the powerlifting side interesting so if you, in order to make that happen, what would need to occur? Is it, is it an equipment thing? Is it a space thing? Is it a, is it a mindset thing? I mean, what's the, what's the biggest barrier right now?
1: All of the above. Okay. Um, equipment. What is the right equipment? Because that stuff, you know, you can start a CrossFit gym. At least you were a few years ago able to start a CrossFit gym, not even the budget that a regular big box style places when a treadmill costs ten thousand dollars so looking at the equipment necessary and making sure that it's utilized but then you're like you said too the mindset now if my current clientele i'm automatic i'm now telling them that to go back and kind of revert to this other style there's going to be a little bit of a kickback but the kickback isn't going to be oh i'm going to leave it's really us educating them gotcha. it's taking all of the years of all the stuff, you know, we have coaches here that have done everything yeah. and we have one, a professional Olympic lifter who's been trained by Russians and Chinese. And so his, let's say knowledge base is exponential in there's only so much time in a class. Right. So on a business, looking at this from a business, I would rather the doors be open from five thirty in the morning until nine 30 at night with people coming in and out of here, right? than just these pocketed windows where we're limited based on how many people can be in a class.
0: You know, that's, that makes so much sense. You got the real estate, you're paying the rent, you got, you know, you got to turn the lights on maybe once in a while anyway. Yep. You might as well have people in here, uh, you know, instead of maybe renting that as a co-working space or something trendy, <laughs> like actually help people achieve better better fitness goals that, that makes sense so I, I want to step back a little bit though because I don't want to miss this you said I believe that kind of the process of, of sourcing of, of training and finding the right coaches is a challenge a pretty big challenge is that right is it it's difficult to find co- uh, the quality of coach or the what's can you tell me more about that um, or did I totally miss that I mean, no no and I want to
1: rephrase. it's maybe it isn't the quality I'm always I'm reading this book by Jocko will i can't think of his last extreme name. ownership yes yeah I love how that. he's like it's never the team <laughs> it's the leader so and i'm okay for four years i've really now l- looking like oh okay that hurts hold yeah. on a second well
0: we should we should give you a little credit here because i did just read that book too and i really enjoyed it but this is a former navy seal saying hey basically everything is your fault and you need to take responsibility for it but as a Corporate consultant, which is now, I don't think that means he's not against, he's against firing people or saying you need to hire other people. He's just saying, square one, you own it. Now do what you need to do. Which and maybe in a lot of ways helps people get the ego out of the way yeah. of saying, oh, you know what? It's well, it's really, it's really Tim. I don't know why I keep saying Tim, but Tim's your goat. <laughs> yeah. It's Tim's fault. No, 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 it's your fault. Now, if you need to replace Tim, then you need to go do it because you're it's your fault, not that this guy's not doing the thing that needs to get done. Yeah. So really, through that and
1: putting the processes in place. Mm. Well, if, and we didn't have that, you know, there were two of us here for really the first two and a half years. So there was no extra time to do anything, right? Other than hope people are coming to class, hope that we're signing up more than we're losing, <laughs> and then try to get enough sleep in between to come in and actually do a good job while you're here on the floor coaching.
0: I love. I that's. I keep saying I love that. This is so interesting. I mean. I, and I, I hate to keep talking about that book, but I, it is, it's top of mind for me. One of the things I use you're talking about, putting the processes in place, it makes sense because I, one thing I took from that book that was so surprising was these SEAL raids. They're doing 30, you'd think for a four-hour mission, they're doing 30 or 40 hours of PowerPoint prep and then yeah. another 30 or 40 hours of PowerPoint slides to break it down. And I mean, I thought when I think of my my former corporate job and how much I hated doing PowerPoint slides and I think of these Navy SEALs, I thought they were more <laughs> like cowboys and no, they were doing six times as much PowerPoint as I was doing. Yeah, was they just, really they carried rifles around too. Um, wow. So, okay. So when you, when you make that transition, because I wonder, I bet this would be really beneficial for people it makes sense. You get started. You said there's two of you, you know, you got to get in at 5 a.m. or whatever the first class or earlier, and then you're going to be here for the last one. You make, you hope more people are signing up than are dropping off. How, where do you start? What's the first process you put in place and how how did that look for you all?
1: I've really been trying to go back four and a half years, which has been tough because this business started with three business owners Mm. and is down to one. Um, so going through those early phases of how to run a business was really confrontational Mm. with people and through that other things that they felt were priorities in their life led to that so there was a lot of I don't want to say good times early on it was a struggle Mm. which I listened to and I kind of you know they're always like oh it's always when you're ready to quit it's like that's when the, the good thing's going to be there mm. and i'll tell you what man they're until you've done it you can never understand what that feels like jeez or what that you know when you feel like oh what am i doing yeah how am i going to do this
0: well what can we can we dive in on some of those cuz i mean i, I think as somebody who quit, quits a lot? I, uh, I I certainly don't know what your what you went through when you were at that point. What was it? Was it were there financial pressures? Were there was it uh, kind of self image? Hey, I, I you know I'm going back for Thanksgiving and I I'm tired of saying I'm, I own a CrossFit box or was it family pressures? You know you're not home enough. What, what was what was the kind of what was the collision there?
1: It was for me definitely not knowing the unknown mm. and. Realizing in the midst of this that you're a control freak and by no means being okay with it At, for many, for a few years of like, okay, this is how, no matter what anybody says, this is how I'm going to do it because this is the way I see it, and da da da. So I think part of it just, for some reason, something inside of me was able to just quiet it enough to keep going. We're getting to the point where we're hitting five years owning a CrossFit is like you've done it. You, you're you going to be around a while. Gotcha. Um, but it re- really, just owning a business has – it's the vaguest thing ever. <laughs> Hell, oh, you're a business owner. Great. <laughs> when you open, what is – well, tell me about it. What does it mean? I'm going to clean. I'm going to do marketing. What? I'm going to graphic designer. Website, website aficionado, (laughs) social media master, which none of those you, those are all individual professions amongst themselves. Absolutely, absolutely. So always being like, are we doing it enough? Are we doing enough? Are we doing enough? And to this day, I mean, I don't think there's ever a time where it becomes, at least the way I still think about stuff. I always want it to be the next best thing. Right. And that's just like an internal drive for me. Yeah.
0: Well, I, that question, are we doing enough, I mean, certainly resonates, um, and I'm sure people feel the same way who, who may not even own a business. When, when you think about the next thing, what's on, in your mind is that next, I, I, you know, on my to-do list that maybe you haven't gotten to, or this is an attraction channel for marketing or something, what, what button do you wish you were pushing harder or more forcefully right now? Or do you think would give you the most leverage in terms of bringing me people in? Maybe it's not something you could even do in the next few months, but...
1: Letting people know we're here.
0: Ah. We've never... that The OG CrossFit
1: ethos, don't spend any money on marketing. Why is that? Because people will find you, because CrossFitters want to find the CrossFit.
0: Ah, so the field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. Yes.
1: And, man, it, it worked. Mm-hmm. But, like, again... Fallen back a few minutes and we talked about CrossFit's evolving we live in a town that I don't, you know, I've lived in Chicago a city in Florida and here, been here 18 years, this is the fittest place I've ever visited been and you can get fitness in just about every capacity imaginable to man in Mm. this city so that's part of this evolutionary push that I feel do we want to change how we do CrossFit and it's like this new fandangled way no yeah but do I want to have all of the things in this one space that I know you can't get down the street
0: yeah for sure well what uh what are the things that come are top of mind for you for for letting people know you're here in
1: the past it was word of mouth and.
0: Social media. Social. Does that? Con, do you feel like that converts pretty well? Because it can be. Social media can be very. It's an amorphous beast, right? I mean, people hammer it all the time, and maybe you get a lot of likes, but does that turn into <laughs> to dollars? I yeah, mean, l- likes do. Not, unless you're getting a hundred thousand of them, and then you're getting sponsor
1: dollars by right. somebody doing that. It. We need people to walk in here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because just like when you walked in, you're. This looks like a normal garage. And then when you open the doors, it doesn't look like a normal garage.
0: Right. We, and I, I, my first time coming here, I did walk over to the, to the yoga studio over here behind the car repair shop. Yeah. And I was, I don't think this is it, but it could be. And then I, oh, it's a little bit further. Okay, that makes sense. Well, so it just, you know, on top of, on my, on, what's on top of my mind, right, is when I, when I think about kind of the fitness community of sorts in Austin I certainly agree with you that Austin seems to me like by far the fittest place I've ever seen uh, they just had that Austin uh, monthly work or, or the annual Austin work Fit yeah fittest. people running sprints and lifting weights and doing and throws and I mean normally but even still even with that right and maybe maybe that means to me that it was a big leap forward I've always wondered, sorry, now I'm asking, I'm just gonna talk myself. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> uh, you know that think cares what I have to say, but I'm gonna say it. So I've always been surprised how there are a tremendous amount of, of races, right? 3K, 5K, 10K, whatever, marathons, there are tons of those. Mm-hmm. But there are very few events that are for the lifter, right? You're either going to a powerlifting competition, there might be Olympic lifting competitions. Now there are CrossFit competitions, but in between there's this huge realm of active, athletic activity that is very good for you that people probably should be aspiring to achieve. And yet they're they are they're kind of forced to say, oh well I guess if I'm interested in quote unquote fitness, I'm a triathlete, I'm, I'm more likely to be a triathlete or a runner, uh, a jogger of sorts. And do you, I mean, do you think about like possible events as some way of getting people to come in because you're hosting the, uh, pull up challenge or the, uh, row, as I stare at machines, <laughs> the row machine, uh, you know, uh, sprint race or the, I don't know, or, or an Olympic lifting competition or something like that, or a sandbag carry. I don't know. We, that's one of the things that has kind of fallen
1: off here. Mm. And again, you know, like the, the focuses of the business, well, where are we at is, so it ups and flows, and those are awesome opportunities, um, which while you were talking, I really start to think about, like how much fun exercising really is. Mm-hmm. And that's why it comes back to this. Like, it should be fun. Mm-hmm. What you're doing shouldn't be. You should not not want to go do it. Right. And if it is, I think you might be doing the wrong thing. Um, those social events are great. Overall, in this town, it's uh, it's kind of faded a little bit. There are less competitions. Hmm. Because I think the competition side of it got... Too intense? Too intense. Mm,
0: that makes sense.
1: And uh, So then, you know, we do little in-house things, and... Thinking bigger, it's just one of those where you're like, man, does the fee that I'm going to charge them match up with the amount of time that it's going to take?
0: Good point. Good point.
1: And there becomes a risk reward to it. Like, gotcha. It, well, that,
0: that makes a lot of sense because, you know, when, especially, well, it doesn't matter, but the events, conferences, things like that, I and mean, if we think about events in general in terms of a business, especially in the beginning it is the least profitable thing you could probably do you might as well go write a book right you're going to spend all your time and make basically nothing um you maybe cover your costs but if you if you once you factor your time in that's that's going to be tough and maybe it's just for my own kind of interest i'd love to see do do the or i should ask do the have the crossfit gyms boxes sorry the different different gyms competed against each other in kind of a friendly way where like I host an event and then maybe two weeks later, a month later, you host an event and we kind of go around the city and do work, do different things. That has never
1: really happened here. Interesting. We have a unique market. Okay. And anybody that's been around CrossFit in this town, I think kind of has their own story as to why it is the way it is. And
0: uh, there is a limiting factor unfortunately to, to that collaborate to kind of, some kind of friendly competition collaboration. Yeah.
1: You know, we're, we're all selling the same product mm-hmm. and there used to be this very, and I think here, maybe across the country, the world is, well, I'm doing what I, I'm going to be very secretive about mm. what it, how my programming, right. the workouts I'm providing. Yeah. And then I always will laugh cause I'll, we'll post a workout. and Then I'll see two or three other gyms across the country. With right. a workout that's like one movement away from what we just did today. Right. And I'm laughing like we're all doing the same thing. Right. People are going, we call it dating. When people come in, we want them to date. We, I don't want you to walk in and be like, all right, I'm here. I'm, I want a membership for a year. Right. You don't even know anything about this place. Um, come in, work out for a few days, get to know the coaches, get to know the vibe of the facility. Do you want this product? You know, I'm kind of thinking why we're here. We're talking about business. It's just like, I'm not going to buy an iPhone just because my friend told me to buy it. I'm going to try it out. Right. And we push that on people here Mm -hmm. that we don't really want people just to walk in off the street and be like, oh, this is I live right down the street. Well, great. Are you going to be a contributing member
0: of this facility, Gotcha. You know, now I want to ask and this may, it may not make sense short-term, but do you have you thought about or would you consider kind of an application process of sorts? I mean, when I like to go back to our Louis Simmons example, not anyone could just train at Westside Barbell, right? right. Like I mean now that's a pinnacle, but I mean I know have you is there some could there be a scenario where hey, listen, if you want to get into our advanced class or if you want to be part of this group, I, you know, we're not. You're right. I'm. I'm not marketing this. You, like you have to want it, and I'm gonna make it harder for you because you have to show that you've done. Maybe it's progressions. It's you. You put the time in. But some kind of where you're right. The if it, maybe to try to tie this back, and it'll be poor. But if the original value proposition is this is social exercise, you're gonna get to meet people, and you're gonna you know you're gonna do all these. You're gonna be able to kind of have this prime moment of get scared. I don't think I can squat this weight, but I can do it because I'm here and I'm growing. Then maybe is there something where it's like you actually have to, we, we we require an elite level of customer, and for that it's a it's a it's a process. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe it totally I does. I haven't gotten to a coherent. thought No, there. and I'm gonna. We have a business advisor
1: here. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Greg Smith. Greg's been saying that for two years, and. If you put this in the podcast, Greg will immediately send me a text, <laughs> in all caps, telling me, I told you so. Then he'll have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he thinks he's, he came from high-end golf facilities. Ah, the country club. Yes. And he is stressed to us from day one, if you provide that, nobody else is going to match that. Right we've slowly and I know not as fast as he's wanted to on certain things. So I think what you're, you know, that's scary. Cause then we're like, Oh, how, we're going to limit. Right. I, I'm going to tell you, no, <laughs> yeah. even though knowing in the back of our heads, we're like, if we tell one person, no, 10,000 people could are going to know, man, right. they wouldn't let me in this gym. Right. What is it? What, You know, and then everybody's going to be like, well, I want to try. Yeah. What is this process? I want to see if I can get in. Right. Uh, he, he, He's also told us about this place. He had an idea to take all of our members and create a website specifically and put members that have their own businesses or interest lawyers, whatever it might, doctors, stuff that they may do on our website for years. Huh. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was on who I consider my favorite CrossFit coach on his website, and he has that page. Of members. Of his members. Of his members. And Greg's thing was like, listen, where are you more likely to go? You're gonna go to the people inside of this place because it's bigger than just fitness. Wow. I trust Dave and Marcos and Tim and Brooke. I trust the people that I come in here with that that most people that are in here probably of of like minds. Hmm. There's some similarity to about our personality that I'm okay with. So I got the, I told you so text from Greg when I sent him the link to this page. But it's those things where, man, you know,
0: I, there's more for us to be doing. Wow, that you know that I, I love that. Uh, I, got, I got to stop saying that. I really need to come up <laughs> with another phrase. Um, but I do. I, I honestly do. So it, his was this twofold though. So it's not just because from the standpoint of of a, of a CrossFit or of any any fitness related activity, putting your members front and center can be. It sounds like almost instantaneous testimonial marketing, where I can take a, I can do a little Instagram video of you lifting weights. I can tag you in it. Now I get all of your followers, all of your friends get to see you doing something that me as the person doing it, I'm very excited to show off and do. I'm probably doing it myself. I just may not be always tagging the gym or etc. Um, but it's not, it's not just that. It's not just saying, hey, look, look at our members doing these great things. This is our marketing. Or a, a key part of our marketing, but also that if the member happens to be a lawyer or a doctor or a chiropractor or owns the bakery, that you can then advertise their own business to your members as well, and mm-hmm. you create you use the you use the the gym as kind of a network for them. Yeah. Wow. in a, in a way, and I, I may have said this. I think maybe Car- Carrie Kepler may have said this uh, from from CrossFit Central. Central. But it sounds. It really does sound like the in from that vision that CrossFit has re, has become kind of the, the church. Of the, of, the 20, of the 21st century or the, the modern kind of community that now we have a, because I think back in the day, I don't know, but I think you went to church more than just Sunday, right? There could be like, <laughs> when, I'm not too sure about this. Um, but you know, you go multiple times, you know all these people, you may not even like them, but you have a shared mindset and respect for them, right? Yep. I mean, there's something there, and then it's also this huge uh, uh, pool for kind of how the community evolves. Because now I know how I know I can do business with so and so, and I know so and so, and everyone's kind of connected and somewhat protected.
1: One hundred percent. The the things that people know about CrossFit are so superficial. It's it. I, I really compare it to like Apple. Huh. You. You're an Apple user and you don't use any other product. If Apple doesn't make it, you're not getting on it. Right. And then until and you're going to pull and you're going to recruit your friends in. Right. And some are going to be like, well, maybe I'll use this piece, but not that piece. When they pull them in here, they want them. They're pulling their friends into. Their their house, their their Mm. their community. Greg Glassman, the guy that created CrossFit, Harvard, I can't, I'm not, I'm not 100% on the school, the college that brought him in, their religion school in at Harvard did a survey about where are people congregating. Huh. They had no idea what they were going to get, so they got all these surveys back and it kept saying CrossFit, 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 so they started to look into CrossFit and they were like, well, what is this? And it was the place where most people went to gather. Wow. And they brought him in to talk about it. And it was an amazing interview. Um, Those are the sides of this business that, that make it unparalleled to anything out there. And it's really cool to be a part of because you get to see these people become part of other people's lives and, and, where you're like those are they're friends for life like oh that he's the best man in that guy's wedding and all of these things going on the business side of this business has so many facets to it that i think it it feels overwhelming at times because there's so many different things that we could put on the forefront you mentioned in an instagram video of you let's say you doing a pr on a back squat right that's one piece but it's like there's so many other things I could do to talk about you and to you to people that are like, oh, well, he's back squatting. I don't want to ever do that. So, <laughs> but if it if we come in and we sit down and have a conversation, which goes back to those things that that sometimes wedge into our business. How do we find time to do all these things? You know, we need a social a, a videographer to come in and start doing these things to be able to have time to interview somebody to do a testimonial. Because I would love to sit and listen to what a lot of the people say. Hmm. there we're missing the community, the business owners in this industry. I think twofold are missing. My wife and I joined a big box gym because they had childcare and a pool. Yeah. And every day I'd go there and do some workout, and, and I'd come home and for an hour, just download, like, man, I saw this, and I saw this, and I saw this. And she was like, after a week or so, she's like, okay, let's not just, I want something positive. I'm like, it's not about being negative. I mean, I'm walking into this place and it's madness. And then she started <laughs> to go and she came home. She's like, oh, I totally get what you're saying. The, that paradigm of pay me and I don't care if you show up
0: right,
1: is so ingrained That people will just let money roll out of their account. Yeah, I went once. I went twice this month. And is it an accountability thing? Do people really not want to be put on point? Do they not want to learn? Do they really not want to to be well or be healthy? Mm. Is it a, oh, well, that's a culty thing. You know, there's so many things that are buffers to people not coming in here that... This industry in a whole has they've created the antagonist protagonist to the maximum. I know you don't what to do. Right. This is the way, this is the only way. Yeah. And if you do that, you're going to do this. That A is gonna lead to B, B to this. And it's like, man, that's all real. It's marketing. They've mastered it. We're Going to Crossfit, scare the hell out of businesses. And. I think so. the evolution of where we're going in this industry, man. When the right few people start getting their heads together, it's a pretty unstoppable force because you have hundreds of people, community members behind you. Mm-hmm. There to push you. You know, you look at these other places, you might have a thousand, two, three thousand members. But they're not members; they're just right. paying you money.
0: Wow. Well, so this has gone a lot, a lot deeper than I had anticipated. <laughs> um, maybe to kind of, to kind of, you know, you know, we've gone almost an hour here. Let me wrap. We should wrap this up. But so maybe you know, looking to the future, we so many possibilities. Time is an issue. You know, where do you put your, where do you put your, your energy? What do you see? Maybe the next. You know, what's the, what's the big thing? If you had a magic wand, you could wave. To make to make something like this happen, where where would you wave it? What would it what would it do? That every
1: man, that's a good question.
0: Experientially, business side, what hit me? So so maybe like where I might say, if I'm again from the the fifty minutes we've shared here, what I if I if I I might say, well, if I had a magic wand here. I would wave it and I would have, maybe it would just be as simple as, I would have a videographer or I would have all of my coaches get two or three cell phones from, from a variety of different members when they come in and I'd say, hey Jamie, I'm gonna take a quick video of you today when you do your first muscle up and I wanna, I'm, we're gonna then, I'll do the video, then you tag whoever you like and we pass it back. So every class for the next three weeks, we're going to do three videos from each member and we're going to post them and we're going to track the follow, the likes and we're going to see if we're able to, we're going to start putting calls to action in. And maybe maybe that means I put in a a, a a link at the top of my Instagram page that says, you know, for a free class or for whatever, or maybe it's not free, but to come in is this. Or it could be conversely, maybe it's a bit, a bit broader and it might be if I had a magic wand, I would create an elite let's say it's an elite barbell club of sorts that is requires to, to enter some percentage body weight back squat deadlift uh power clean maybe some number of you know pull-ups 30 second freestanding handstand or something we're going to create this elite club we're going to put invitations out to the city and we're going to start bringing in people who could potentially be members for that and i don't you know i don't quite know how that would work but if we had 15 or so people who worked out consistently and could hit these marks the the quality level of the business would be such that there would be these other effects. All, All right. right, Gus, yeah. you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my I, magic wand
1: <laughs> is that <laughs> Gus is now working contract work with CrossFit South More. I did way more talking this episode than I. Um. Uh, I would the magic wand. If I had a magic wand, I would wave it over anybody that's ever wanted to exercise and
0: say, mm. "Go do it." Love it. Love it. Well, that could be a great concluding thought. I always I try to end these with to say, hey, if there's the floor is yours, if you want to take a minute or two, anything you want to talk about, whether it's as as you can say, Hey, we're doing this special, I'm looking for this type of employee. I wanna I wanna you know, some people are getting real deep and they wanna go tell you know, like that, like, hey, anyone who's interested in exercising and you're you've been a little afraid and you're waiting for tomorrow, no, go do it now. Um, but you know, Dave kinda of the floor is yours here to, to take us home.
1: Man. Well, I want to thank you. This is, this is awesome. It's as much introspectively rewarding as it is because I, a lot of what we're talking about, sometimes I don't even think about it anymore. Um, But to pontificate a little bit on the go do it, you know, if, if 50% of the population exercised, no matter what it was, we wouldn't all the the fears and issues that we deal with, we wouldn't have to. Because people would be out just exploring, trying. If everybody would try exercise like they try the new craft beers, <laughs> fitness would be out of control. <laughs> oh, I love it. So,
0: it's. Well, I think, yeah, not to cut you off, but I don't think you could have said it better. Hey, you know, before you go pick up that new six-pack, maybe... Put, put that, hey, a CrossFit membership might equal seven six packs of your new expensive craft IPA per <laughs> month. Wow. Well, Dave, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. This. It was awesome.